So when I walk into the building of my school, on both sides of the hallway, there's a security guard on each side. And then when you go up the steps on each level, there's a security guard on each side. They have on white shirts with a badge, black slacks, and a belt with a walkie-talkie, and a gun strapped to their waist, kind of like police officers. And it just doesn't make me feel like I'm in a space where, you know, I'm welcome, and I feel like I'm in a space where I'm just supposed to be controlled. And it just doesn't feel safe, you know, for me to learn. This is Asha Lane. She's 18, a senior, and a good student at a New Orleans charter high school. Asha wanted to find out why New Orleans charter schools don't always feel nurturing. We live in a dangerous city, but when does security feel unsafe? This is Unprisoned. I'm Eve Abrams. I'm doing a radio show called Unprisoned with WWNL. Educators now know that punitive school discipline helps create what's known as the school-to-prison pipeline. According to the Department of Education, this pipeline refers to school policies and practices that can push school children out of classrooms and into the juvenile and criminal justice systems. The pipeline is built upon inadequate school resources, harsh discipline practices, suspension, expulsion, and also school climate. This is what Asha sees and feels. Does your school make you feel like you're in prison? Yes. Asha attends the International High School of New Orleans. It's a B-rated school. She feels the security and discipline procedures at her school are extreme. So does one of her classmates, Christy. In this one instance where I was in math class and a security guard came in our classroom and he has a gun on the side of his, on his hip. I just, I don't want to see that when I'm, when I'm trying to get taught a lesson. I think it's very disturbing when we have police officers patrolling hallways and classrooms who are armed and have guns and batons. Thena Robinson-Mock is a civil rights attorney currently based in Pennsylvania. She says anytime you have a person patrolling a school with a weapon, it's fair to call them a police officer. Ms. Robinson-Mock has worked on ending a school-to-prison pipeline for years, some of them in New Orleans. She says there are schools all over the country whose discipline and security procedures are far more severe than necessary for dealing with children. We are living in a different age now where folks are, particularly young people, are very aware of how police officers are carrying out policing in communities of color. So I think that sends a very bad message to young people. It also creates an environment in school that's somewhat negative. On social media, we see security guards slam kids on the floor. And at my school, we fear that that could happen to us at any moment. The school is tense. The security guards yell and treat us like we're inmates. They routinely grab students by their shirts, and they're big guys, so they often physically pick students up off the floor. When there's a fight, they don't hesitate to tackle students. My friend Ronnie thinks they're setting exactly the wrong example. It's like they're trying to solve violence with violence, and we're not in a prison. This is school. We're supposed to be here to get our education. If, you're, if you want to teach us something, how about you teach us not to solve violence with violence and stop putting your hands on us and we might stop putting our hands on each other. This is probably a good time to say we reached out several times to the principal at Asha's school. We never heard back. But we did hear from other school leaders, like Jarrell Bryant. He's the principal at Carver Collegiate Academy, a C-rated school. In a perfect world, do I want security booths? No. Do I want metal detectors? No. Also realizing that it only takes one incident for a school to really regret and have to ask and answer questions. And 
in New Orleans high school, safety is still something that is, is not guaranteed and you have to plan for it and prioritize it. Again, when I imagine build up my dream school, is that a part of it? No, right, no. Um, am I aware of all the indications and signals that can send, especially to young black men? I mean, you have to first thing, maybe you see a security guard and what that, what that could mean to you, yeah. Principal Bryant is an African-American. He has an older brother who's been incarcerated. He sounded genuine. When he took us on a tour of Carver Collegiate, he greeted every student we passed by name. It wasn't what I expected. Before I went to visit Carver, I heard a completely different story. So um, at Carver, we pretty much, it's like a prison. We walk, we walk in lines all day. This is Devin. These lines he's talking about were on the hallways of Carver's campus. Students had to walk on them. And if they stepped outside the lines, they were given consequences. How does that make you feel? Like, I'm not getting my full high school experience. This is preparing me for something that I don't want to be. I don't want to be a criminal. I don't want to be going to jail. But, like, it's kind of like they're preparing me for it anyway. The students spoke up about the lines, and the administration listened. The lines are no longer there. Principal Bryant says Carver has learned a lot from seniors like Devin. He says they're trailblazers who help the school evolve. But why is one New Orleans school so different from another? Here's Dina Robinson-Mock again. One of the things that's somewhat of a challenge is that because most of the schools in New Orleans are charter schools, discipline policies can sometimes vary from school to school. And because you don't have a centralized system, you can go to one school where they're implementing restorative justice in a very positive way, but then you can go to another school literally across the street that might be implementing things very differently. So they'll come in in the morning, they'll come in from here, and they'll go through these metal detectors and they'll have two tables, girls in one line, boys in one line, put their bags on there, they'll go through it and just move on. This is Harold Clay, principal of Edna Carr High School, an A-rated school. He's showing me how his students enter school each day with a school bag and lunch bag check. The more I talked to Principal Clay, who was completely relaxed and likable and had a full, perfectly shaped beard, the more confused I was about how students understand and feel about security at Edna Carr. Our society is moving in a direction where it's not safe to go to church, a movie, and school. And so to take a position not to ensure safety for kids mm -hmm. where they just want to learn, especially when we recognize crime stats in the area and what's happening, I think is irresponsible. Principal Clay puts a good spin on his school, but what he was saying didn't match up with what I was hearing from students. Clay says security is only there to make sure his students are safe to learn, not to guard the students. In fact, Principal Clay doesn't even call them security guards. Our security counselors don't have any police type of uniform. What's well, a security counselor? Because I've never heard of security counselors before. This is a senior at Edna Carr who says going through a metal detector makes her feel like a criminal, and it makes her look at the security guards in the same light. How do you reference security at your school? Do you say security guards, or oh, do no, you say it's security? EKPD. E what is EKPD? Edna Carr Police Department. <laughs> oh, so they. That's what we call. That's what you all. Call I got it. interested in the whole but. issue of school security after moving here from outside of Baltimore two years ago. I wondered why schools in New Orleans are so different from the ones I grew up with. Was all this security necessary? Dina Robinson-Mock doesn't think so. Violence is always going to be a concern at any school. 
I think, though, that what we have learned over the years in implementing more positive disciplinary responses to violence is that tightening up on police metal detectors, that actually runs counter to this message of peace and calm and a nurturing learning environment. And that's really what's needed in order to either prevent violence or address it. That's what I'm talking about. A place I want to go to every day. Back in Maryland, when I stepped off the bus, it was chill. People would sit in the cafeteria eating breakfast or stand together in the halls listening to music. It felt safe and I felt like a kid going to school. Asha Lane is headed to Bard College in New York in the fall. She plans to study sociology. Unprisoned is brought to you by WWNO and Finding America, a national initiative produced by AIR with financial support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Unprisoned theme music is by Greg Schatz. Our editors are Vicki Merrick and Katie Rechdahl. Learn more about Unprisoned at WWNO.org and Facebook.com Unprisoned. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and never miss an episode. This is Unprisoned. I'm Asha Lane. And I'm Eve Abrams.